Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 5, Term 2. This is Lesson 12. Um, we are going to continue where we left off in Psalm 23. Remember again, we are talking about the beatitude that Jesus says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Uh, and the way Luke translated that, Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Again, both of those things are paralleling each other. And uh, they're t- letting us know that regardless of what we're going through, we are not without help. Amen. That we are not without God. <clears throat> and God is definitely there helping us. As long as we allow Him to help us, we acknowledge His presence. Amen. And that we don't attribute things to Him that are coming from the enemy. Amen. We don't thank God for the bad things. We thank God for the good things, for the deliverances. Amen. And David sure had his share of it. And uh, so he, um, I believe he's the one that wrote uh, Psalm 23. And um, he, we were in verse 5, but I want to go back to verse 4. Just, in fact, let me begin in verse 1. Let's read through it and then continue on. How's that? It's, so he says again, Psalm 23, beginning in verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or I shall not go in want. Verse 2, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Verse 3, He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Remember again, we talked about the fact that God uses that to look after you. Amen? Not to hurt you with it. Verse 5, He says, You prepare a table before me, in the presence of my enemies. This verse tells us definitively, big word, but anyway, okay, that this isn't talking about a heavenly blessing. Because you will not have any enemies in heaven. That's the reason why I wanted to come back to this, okay? <laughs> All right? I want, because a lot of people, you know, they read this as a psalm of as you pass on. And as you go into the sweet by and by, the Lord is your shepherd. You won't want. You'll be beside still waters, green pastures, yada, yada, yada. The rest of us down here, well, we're not so, you know, okay, not so great. Notice this verse lets us know that this is in the midst of battle. This is in the middle of a fallen world. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Let me just say this. This goes back to what um, the Bible tells us that Whoever humbles himself, God will exalt them, okay, in due time. This is the way God exalts you in due time. You stay humble, you stay right before God, and then He will prepare a table in, in, the, in the presence in front of all of your enemies. They'll see you doing well. Amen? And He will make sure that they see you doing well. Now, you are not to gloat for that, you know, or gloat over that, okay, and say, yeah, steam, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's the attitude we don't want to have, all right, okay. If anything, be sad and be sorry that those people could have been with you at the table. But because they decided to oppose you, you are eating and they're not. Amen? Amen. So, I, I want you to understand something here, that this, this psalm is for us right now. This psalm is for us when we are in the presence of our enemies, when we do have enemies, which we will not have in heaven. Hallelujah and thank you Jesus. Amen. You're going to have a table up there too, but without the enemy part. (laughs) Okay, amen. All right. 
And notice he goes on to say, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Now, and this is where the my cup runs over comes from, by the way. Uh, <coughs> I want you to notice, it says that you anoint my head with oil. I want you to understand, you know, this anointing, uh, now I could go into a lot of things regarding this, but let me just say something. Can I just make it very simple and show you something very simple from this? In the midst of all of your troubles, you'll come out smelling nice. Okay? <laughs> all right? You know, when they anointed you, it was a nice thing. It was, it, was, it was something that smelled nice. And this is also, I believe, a reference to the Holy Spirit. Because remember he said, I will send you another comforter like me. Anointing always, always makes reference to the Holy Spirit somewhere or another. And the oil is kind of a physical representation of something that is going on on the inside of us and something that has been given to us that we can't see or feel, but is there. Amen? And so, uh, I, I do believe that this is again a reference to God will anoint us and God will give us. And see, there is an anointing, um, a preparation, a, um, I'm looking for the right word, an equipping for you for whatever situation that you're facing. An endowment. That's what I'm looking for. Okay? God will always endow you with whatever you need in order to, to deal with the situations at hand. We call it grace. Do you understand that He gives you the grace to go through things? But it's not just to go through things. I believe He gives you a grace to overcome. He gives you a grace to fight through and understand how to fight something and also have the ability and also have whatever it takes on the inside to, to actually come against something that might be bigger than you and still overcome it and not let it overcome you. Amen? And that's why the Apostle Paul says, you know, yet in all of these things we are more than conquerors. And John says we are, we are overcomers. Amen? Alright, hallelujah. And notice he says, my cup runs over, which means that you will never be barely, you'll never barely get along, you'll never barely come out of it just by the skin of your teeth. This cup running over talks about the abundance the way in which God just gets you through things and over things, it'll never be, and it should never be just, you should never just make it. God should do things extraordinary for you, just some extraordinary things, and so that people just step back and go, wow, that's just, wow, that's just beyond, you know, above and beyond. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Which is the reason why He asks us to be that way when we're doing things. Okay, that we don't just barely sort of, you know, work for the pay that we're getting or whatever, you know, so to speak. And I, I say this advisedly, you know, I'm sure you guys are, feeling like you're working more than you're getting paid. But I'm just saying, okay, <laughs> I'm just saying the, the way that we approach this is that we give our best because God gives us His best. And whenever he, he gives, He always gives more than what we ask. And it should be that way, family. If it's not happening, pray over that. Okay, verse 6. He says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. I love the word surely. I know I didn't underline it, but I really love that word. He had absolutely no question about the fact that goodness and mercy follows him. Not trials and tribulations. Amen? He says goodness and mercy. Oh, I could preach on those two things. You know, goodness is stuff that you enjoy. Things that, you actually, uh, things that actually bless you. Can I say that? Okay, you know what mercy is? When you mess up. Okay, you won't get judgment. You'll receive mercy. So God not only blesses you, but whenever you mess up, He'll forgive you as well. So you can continue enjoying the goodness. Hallelujah. And He says again, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. That's a beautiful place to be. Amen. 
This is how those blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted, works out. Okay, this is how it's translated. Amen? Amen. So we are indeed blessed with God Himself promising to comfort us whenever we decide to look to Him and put our trust in Him. And while the Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Amen? You know, I think... uh, one of the greatest mistakes that we make is that we try to carry cares on ourselves. There's a difference between being responsible and um, carrying a care. God doesn't ask you to not be responsible for things. Okay, When you see something happening, you be responsible to pray over those things. You be responsible to do what the Spirit of God is leading you to do. But don't carry the care of it. The care of it is, is an emotional thing. The care of it is, oh my God, I hope it happens. And if it doesn't happen, oh my gosh. you know. And you have this real kind of, you get dragged down with everybody else. It's, it's, you know, I think it was, I can't remember one of the disciples, uh, you know, when Jesus was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And they knew that, they all knew, by the way, that the Pharisees and everything were waiting. There was a trap waiting for them. They'll be waiting for them to come there because they knew Jesus loved Lazarus and he would come in and, and you know, uh, resurrect him or, or heal him. And, but he lets him drop dead. It's like, oh, what happened there? I mean, Jesus didn't hear. You know, maybe he's running a bit late. You know, let's just wait a bit longer. So Jesus waited enough time for the Pharisees because they had this thing. They knew that after a certain point in time that the Spirit would depart. There would be no way for anything to happen now. So Jesus comes after that point. Yeah, and so there's a lot of significance to what happened there, by the way. And so, you know, when he was going, one of the disciples says, Oh Lord, we'll go, we'll die with you. And Jesus is like, dude, I'm going to go resurrect someone. We're not going to die, we're going to go bring somebody back alive. You know, but this is one of the things that I, I sort of feel like we, you know, we are not to take on the care of things. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? Okay, because, uh, can I have a minute here? Okay, one of the, yes, Thomas was doubting, yeah, I think it was Thomas, wasn't it? I think it was him, I think it was him, I didn't want to blame him for things he didn't do, but, okay, let's say it was him, all right, okay, (laughs) I think it was too. So, uh, one of the things that, you know, happened with the Word of Faith Revolution and and the things, you know, the, the... the things that we started to learn. This is one of our favorite verses. Okay, we, we used to love this. And so what, what happened was people started abusing this to the point where you know, you know, a kid would come in and say, Mom, I hurt myself. Well, I don't care about that. You know, I roll all that care in Jesus. And meanwhile, the kid's bleeding. And you know, it's just like, I think somebody needs to take me to a hospital or something. You know what I'm saying? And the parents are like, no, 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 I don't care. I cast all that care on God. It's just like, no. See, that was wrong. Do you understand? And it was messed up. There was a lot of things that went wrong. And, you know, we got a really bad rap when I say we, you know, word of faith, okay? Got a really bad rap because of things like that, okay? So that's why I'm teaching you this and I want to share this with you. That there is a difference between responsibility and care, okay? We are not to take on the care, so to speak, the heaviness of it. But we are to be responsible. The reason is that if we take on the heaviness of it, then we can't pray. We can't exercise our faith because we are so emotional. It's very hard to exercise faith when you're emotional. Do you know why? Because faith comes from the heart. And if you believe with your heart, and you're not having a problem there, <laughs> okay, then mountains will begin to move. And it is one of the things that, you know, you can be moved with compassion, but not to the place where you are dying with the person. Don't do that. You need to bring them back alive. You need to pull them out, not go join them in the pit. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay? So that's, that's one of the things that we need to be careful of as we read this and understand, that we are to cast all of our cares on God. 
because he does care for us. He can carry the weight. We're not designed to carry it. He is. Amen? But we have responsibilities. So we need to keep that very clear as we move on from here. And understand that you can live a carefree life. Hallelujah. Amen. Which means you can have the peace of God and the joy of God flowing in your life constantly, regardless of what's going on around you. Amen. And no matter how um, bad a situation might be on the outside, how dark a situation might be on the outside, okay, you can still be the person that brings light to a situation. Amen? Amen. Okay. And do it well. Then, you know, don't be careless about things. It is crucial that we understand how much God loves and cares for us if we're ever going to go to Him for help. In fact, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, the writer of Hebrews assures us, in no uncertain terms, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Remember again, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. By who? A high priest that is not without feeling. Amen? He does sympathize with us. He knows what we're going through. And we need to know that. Because a lot of people say, well, God, you don't know what I'm going through because you're up there and I'm down here. You know? <laughs> okay? Don't ever say that because it's not true. He has been through enough. He knows what all you're going through and more. Amen? And that's based on that, verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Do you understand now? Because we are going to a high priest that does sympathize with us, that won't reject us, that won't stand back and go, Oh, you know, grow a spine. You know, <laughs> the things that sometimes people say that are just, just the wrong thing to say, man. Okay? He is not like that. He knows where you're coming from. Now, He will give you courage and He will give you boldness, but He understands the reason that He needs to do that is because you don't have it. Amen? And you can't produce it yourself. It is something that He could do, that we are to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, not in our own strength. Amen? Okay, <clears throat> so He says here again, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Aren't we blessed? Blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. It's not a if, not a maybe, it's a shall. Amen? Amen. In his commentary on Hebrews, Arkent Hughes writes, Jesus, our high priest, has an unequaled capacity for sympathy. It goes far beyond the intellectual, because it is truly experiential, in other words, from experience. Jesus does not just imagine how we feel, he feels it. The word, let me stop there for a second. The reason we know that is, remember when he said, if you've done it to the least one of these, you've done it to me. Amen? Okay. The word for sympathize here means to share the experience of another. To sympathize through common experience. The most sensitive man who ever lived feels with us. Therefore, do not go anywhere else. Dare not go to anyone but him. Amen? Amen. Added to this, the Full Life Study Bible says... <clears throat> Because Christ sympathizes with our weakness, we can confidently approach the heavenly throne, knowing that our prayer and petitions are welcomed and desired by our heavenly Father. It is called the throne of grace because from it flow God's love, help, mercy, forgiveness, 
spiritual power and so on. All that we need under any circumstances. Amen? One of the greatest blessings of salvation is that Christ is now our high priest, opening the way to his personal presence, whereby we can always seek the help we need. Let me just break this down a little bit. There's a lot there. Okay. One of the, one of the things that this brings out, and I think it's, it's tremendous the way it says it, is he says because, or it says because Christ sympathizes with our weakness, we can confidently approach the heavenly throne. See, we need to know that he'll understand when we get to him. We need to know that he's not going to look at us with a judgmental eye and say, really, again? <laughs> okay? You know, as sometimes as parents, we kind of do that. We shouldn't. You know, and the times that I've done it, I have to, have to apologize. All right? So, you know, our kids can test us sometimes. Okay, I'm just letting you know. All right, really push the boundaries some days. All right? But the thing is, see, one of the things that we... Uh, have the privilege of doing is letting them know what our Heavenly Father is like in the way that we treat them. Do you understand? And even though we are natural and we will make mistakes, whenever we make a mistake, we do need to apologize. <clears throat> there have been times when, you know, those boundaries had been pushed and I have not reacted nicely. You know, it's, I, have, I have had that, oh really, again, okay attitude. When every time I go to God, I'm hoping He never does that to me. Okay, and that's what I get echoing down in my heart and in my mind and in my soul. God going, aren't you glad I don't do that to you? And I go, oh, sorry God, sorry. And he goes, well, the way you judge, you'll be judged. I'll go, sorry, 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 let me go fix that straight away. Okay, <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm you know, exaggerating this a little bit, but you see where I'm coming from. And I'm very quick, you know, and um, the, the beautiful thing is with my kids, they go, no, 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 dad, you had all the right. I said, no, I actually didn't. And I have to make that point with them to say that was the wrong thing I did. It was a natural reaction. It wasn't a God reaction. Amen? Because I need them to know they can go to God every single... And they should go to God every single time they mess up because that is the safest place to be. And if we confess our sin or acknowledge our sin, He is, only then, is He faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. He can't do any of that if we don't acknowledge. Or if we are afraid because, you know, we're going to get the response of what again? I mean, how many times? You, you, okay? We never do that. Because God never does that. Amen? And that's what we are learning here. So it says again here, Because Christ sympathizes with our weaknesses, we can confidently approach the heavenly throne, knowing that our prayer and petitions are welcome and desired by a Heavenly Father. God wants us to come. God wants, to, wants us to come to Him whenever we mess up rather than run from Him. Amen. <clears throat> it is called the throne of grace because from it flow God's love. Let's stop there for a second. That's the first thing that comes. You know, whenever you approach that throne, having done the worst thing you could possibly do, and you, you have trouble forgiving yourself, the first thing that you receive from there is love. It's not condemnation. The first thing you get is love. Can I say this? Love never fails in that it, it is the thing that gives us the strength that we need to overcome whatever problem that we're having, whatever demon that we're fighting, whatever sin that we're dealing with. We need to understand that God. the first thing that God does is love us. We can then manage everything else from that point on. You see... When you put your arms around your kid and you hug them, and they know it's okay, whatever you say from then on, they know it's coming from love. 
But if you raise your hand and beat the dickens out of them, okay, I'm using that word a lot these days, okay, uh, you, know, <laughs> you just beat them, okay, then they're afraid. They're not going to come back because that's not a throne of grace. That's a throne of beating. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? They will learn not to come. They will learn to stay away because, you know, sometimes the, the, the punishment is worse than the crime. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. And we need to be careful because we don't have all the facts either, by the way. You know, there are a lot of times I've made assumptions and made ass of, you know, okay, me and umption. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, <laughs> all right. You know, I, and, and had to apologize because I have assumed something. You know, maybe the kid came to me and I thought, oh no, let me guess, you did this again. And it wasn't, it was something else. Hello? So you, you think they're going to come back to me again? No, they won't. They'll go, you know what? They're going to think the worst of me every time I go in there. God doesn't do that. We can't do that. And we shouldn't do that. Amen? If you ever mess up, just apologize like crazy. Okay. Because you never want to lose that because you want them to come to you because you're safe. And you need to be safe. Amen? Let me move on. So, because from it flow God's love and help. Notice the same, out of love comes help. Alright? So God isn't going to leave you in that position. He will help you. Alright? And notice the next thing is mercy. Mercy is when you don't deserve it. Otherwise you don't need mercy. Okay? You need justice, not mercy. Okay? The one after that is forgiveness. Notice because you messed up. Notice the mercy and the forgiveness. Alright? And spiritual power. Can I just say a lot of times the reason that we fail is because we are not spiritually strong enough to deal with whatever is coming at us. If we were, we would never sin. Can I get a little amen on this? You know, we need to understand <coughs> excuse me, that the problems that we face a lot of times is because we are spiritually weak. Because we don't have what it takes on the inside of us to stand up against whatever pressure is being put on us by the kingdom of darkness. And it, it is pressure. And can I just say this? You know, the kingdom of darkness bullies people. They will bully you into doing things. They don't play fair. They don't play nice. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? They will push you and prod you and they will just make everything go wrong so that you just go, oh, well, whatever, you know what, I'm just going to quit and just going to do whatever I want to do. Is what they do to you. It's, they, they just harass and harass and harass. That's the reason why there's forgiveness and mercy. Because God, see, we then go to like a depression and we go, oh, I shouldn't have done it and I did it and I shouldn't have it. And we start, you know, and that's again the devil. The one that leads you into it will then condemn you. And he needs you to stay there because if you get up and go to God, he's done for. Because out of God comes love and mercy and forgiveness and then spiritual power. <laughs> Hallelujah. God sends you back out, not with a beating, but with the sword. And he says, the next time this turns up, use this. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. I, I, like you. I want you to see things in a different light. I want you to change your perspective. Amen? Okay. And it says, <clears throat> all that we need under any circumstances, one of the greatest blessings of salvation again, is that Jesus Christ is now our high priest. This is a key thing. You need to know that there is someone that stands between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus. To understand somebody that is easily moved by the feelings of our infirmities. He knows what we're going through. He's been here. So, you're going to a high priest that truly can nod and go, I know, I understand where you're coming from. I understand. Amen? I'm not excusing you from doing the wrong thing, but I understand what you were going through. 
So let me stand in defense of you now. Hallelujah. That's what John chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1 says, that we have a defense attorney. Okay, hallelujah. And he's, you know, okay, he's God. We have God appealing to God on our behalf. You think the devil has any chance? That's why we always come out winning. If we just acknowledge, if we just go to him. Amen. Which is what this is talking about. Hallelujah. And he says, uh, let me just conclude again. He says, one of the, uh, it says, one of the greatest blessings of salvation is that Jesus Christ, or Christ is now our high priest, opening the way to his personal presence whereby we can always seek, uh, and, uh, seek the help that we need. I want you to see that opening the way to His presence. You know, one of the most powerful things that you can have in your life is the presence of God around you in situations. I tell you, it will just change the atmosphere. It will change what is going on. And it will put you in a place where Satan was, was, you know, has been planning this thing forever and suddenly the thing changes because the presence of God is there. And all the demons just kind of lose all their strength. They lose what they need, you know, what they need to do what they need to do. They just lose their strength. It's very interesting when you see some of these things in the spirit. I can tell you some stories, but it's very interesting how those things lose their, their strength, lose their momentum. Can I use that word? Okay. Um, and suddenly all the wind in the sails is gone. <laughs> and the thing just comes to a halt. Praise God. That's what God will do for you. Amen. Amen. The psalmist writes in Psalm 46 and verse 1, God is our refuge and strength. Oh, we can live in that one, can't we? He is our refuge and our strength. See, He, doesn't just, he isn't just our refuge so we can go hide and be all weak. Do you get this? He gives you a place to hide out so he, you can be strengthened and go out there fighting. You, you're never weak. Even in your refuge... God strengthens you. And notice he says a very present help or an ever-present help in trouble. He's not somewhere else in the universe. You know, creating a bug or something. <laughs> okay, you're in trouble. You go, where were you? You know, like so many people let us down. He never lets you down. Notice he says that a very present help means he is right there, right then. When you need him the most, he is there whether you realize it or not. That's our problem. We don't always realize He's right there. Amen. That, that song, you know, God is watching in a distance is the most demonic thing that ever was. <laughs> he doesn't. He is all around you. I understand what that song is saying and it is a good thing to a, to a degree, but not in reality. Amen. God isn't somewhere in the distance watching. He is right there with you, dude. You're in trouble. He is in trouble. <laughs> okay? And He's looking for you to do something, say something to allow Him to go and do what He's good at. Getting you out of trouble. Hallelujah. Defeating the enemy. Praise God. Alright, that's why Jesus said again in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. I love that it said, He said, they shall be comforted. There is no question about this. Amen? Amen. Now, just as we feel remorse for our sins, and we're moving on to the next thing, we must also understand that we are not immune to sin ourselves. In fact, 
uh, oh, excuse me, it is a fact that we all fall prey to sin from time to time, even though we've been saved for years and should know better. I've thrown that one in, okay, so this isn't just for baby Christians, and you're thinking, oh God, haven't I ever grown up? No, this is for everybody, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> let me just remind you of First John 1 nine, that the Apostle John says, if we, he included himself, he didn't say, now if you, no, I don't. But if you guys, you know, I know where you're at. And you know, <laughs> he didn't say that this is the Apostle John that couldn't kill this guy. You know why? Not because he was sinless. He knew how to stay in the light. And so he writes, I think it's one of the most, that's why I keep saying, I think it's one of the most powerful statements in the entire Bible. If you acknowledge, if you confess your sin, that He is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Put you back in a place of perfect righteousness before God. That is an incredible verse. That's an incredible revelation. Amen? This guy said, if we, if you know, including me, if I mess up, this is how I get back. This is what allows me to stay alive when everybody's trying to kill me. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. So, <laughs> I said here again, it is a fact that we all fall prey to sin from time to time, even though we should know better. And that's where the second application uh, to Matthew 5, 4 and Luke 6, 21 comes in. When we sin against others or God and show deep regret. When we say, what have I done? Amen? Okay, alright. Now, this is what the Apostle Paul refers to in 2 Corinthians seven ten. Okay. We, I'm going to introduce this and stop because we're at the half an hour point now. And I, I, this is going to take more than five minutes, is it? <laughs> okay? So let me introduce this. Second Corinthians 7.10, the Apostle Paul says, For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. So notice that we're going to talk about this. There are two different sorrows being mentioned here. There's a natural sorrow, there's a spiritual sorrow. Amen? So you have, you, we need to be careful that we're not caught up in the kind of sorrow that produces death. We need to be caught up in the kind of sorrow that comes from a conviction from the Holy Spirit. It doesn't produce death, it actually produces life. Alright? And we'll, we will look at all of that next time, because if I start talking about it, we'll keep going. <laughs> Alright? Praise God. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. When you get a moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we just thank you. For your word, we thank you, Father, for all the things that we are learning in your word. And we thank you, Father, for the wisdom, revelation, and insight that we are receiving. That we are not just hearers, but doers of the word. I thank you, Father, for the faithfulness of each and every person to be here this evening. And I thank you, Father, that this word has found its way into good ground. Into hearts that have received this word. And hearts that will produce 30, 60, 100 fold fruit in their life. Hallelujah. I also pray protection over each and every one of them, Father. I thank you that the more we learn, the bigger uh, problem we become, the bigger uh, danger we become uh, to the enemy. And I just thank you, Father, that there are more with us than against us. And therefore, Father, I pray for a safe week. And I thank you, Father, for your hand on each and every life that is here. I thank you, Father, that they will continue to excel, they will continue to overcome, and they will continue to walk the path that you have set for them, a path that is blessed in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Well, God bless you. Thank you for being here this evening. And you are dismissed.